Amen, amen. Praise the Lord. You can be seated. Good to have you in the house of the Lord today. Amen, amen. We serve a good God, amen. We serve a loving God, a great God today, and it is an honor to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Love that song. We're in the house of the Lord today, and we won't be quiet, amen. We're going to do what? Shout out his praise, amen. Praise God. We do want to welcome you here with us today. If it's your first time here, you're no longer considered a visitor. You're family. Amen. Amen. So just trust that your visit with us is awesome and look forward to having you back with us again. We do meet on Wednesday nights at 630. Obviously, Sundays at 1030. And again, just good to have you with us. Uh, we're going to dismiss our children after I read this passage of scripture to you. If you have your Bible, uh, want to turn with us to uh, Luke's gospel. Chapter 13 is where we're going to be. But I want to read to you Psalms chapter 30. In verse 5, the title of today's message is, look at your neighbor, straighten up, amen, straighten up, amen. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 30 and verse 5, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning, amen, joy comes in the morning. Let's pray. Our precious, gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the wonderful privilege that we have to be in your house today, God. We thank you for each one who has given of their time, Lord, sacrificed their time to be here, Father, to honor you and to praise you, God. Father, we're just blessed beyond measure to be here. We thank you, Lord, for your presence that we already feel. We ask that you would just continue to pour your presence out upon each one of us as we look into your word today, God. We pray, Lord, it's what, what is done, what is said here today, and always, God, would bring praise and glory and honor to your name and that you above all would be edified, God. And, Lord, that you would be glorified and blessed. So, Father, once again, we thank you. And we ask all of these things today in your precious and holy and matchless name today, Jesus. And all God's children said, amen. 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 We will dismiss our children, children at this time. Again, if you have your Bible want to go with us to Luke's Gospel, chapter 13, we're going to begin in verse 10. The scripture I read to you in Psalms just a few seconds ago, 30 and verse 5, the psalmist here is, um, this is the second half of that passage, is just uh, encouraging each one of us and admonishing each, each one of us to say that weeping may endure for a night, which tells us that it's not always going to be there, right? Things aren't always going to be the way they appear. It's not always going to be bad, as we like to say. But there is joy that comes in the morning, amen? amen. Simply put, God is in control, amen? amen. And uh, no matter what this world throws at you, God loves you and he's going to take care of you. And he's going to bring all these things to pass. That's one of my favorite passages in the Bible. And this too shall come to pass. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say that. And this too shall come to pass. Amen. Amen. So joy does come in the morning. I want to read this passage to you in Luke chapter 13, verse 10 through 17. And we'll dive into God's word together today and, and look at what God has for us. But if you have your Bible, I want to read along with us. If you have it on your phone. If you just want to follow along on the board behind me here, <clears throat> certainly feel free to do so. This is a story that I told Pastor Keith. I've, uh, I've been pastoring, preaching, teaching God's word for around 30 years, 24 as a pastor, and, and then a few years just teaching. I honestly cannot remember one time in my ministry that I have preached this. I also cannot remember any time in my ministry that I've ever heard anybody preach on this particular passage of scripture don't know why I just haven't and uh, God just laid it on my heart for us here today I was talking to Pastor Keith and he said he don't remember ever hearing it either anybody ever talk about this particular passage and what's happening here with this lady in Luke's gospel chapter 13 so I really want us to take some time and dive into it and I think there's a lot in here that would bless each one of us let's read it together the Bible says here in verse 10 and he was teaching in one of the synagogues, speaking of Jesus here, on the Sabbath. Of course, now the Sabbath we know on that time was Saturday, not Sunday, right? According to the Jewish calendar, it would have been on a Saturday. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity. She had an illness for 18 years. This was not somebody that had, she just had a stomach virus for 24 hours. This lady had this infirmity, this sickness, this affliction, for 18 years, 18 years times 365 days, she never got any relief from this particular infirmity. Amen. Amen. Let that sink in a minute. 18 years 
365 days a year for 18 years, the Bible says she was afflicted with this infirmity. No relief. You know, sometimes we can have a pain in our body, take a Tylenol, and we can get a little relief after a couple hours worth of affliction. <laughs> can I get a witness for Advil? Amen, somebody. You get a little bit of relief. Or you go to the hospital and you got some major pain and they can give you something to, for your pain to give you what? A little relief. That's what most of us say. I know when I have kidney stones, that's what I say to them. I said, you got to give me some relief. Yeah. Is that right? <laughs> I mean, I got to have some help here, no matter what it costs, right? But she couldn't get any relief for 18 years. She was in this, this infirmity, this affliction. And the Bible says here that for 18 years she was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. Bowed together. Now, most of us have seen people. I had an uncle, and this is how he walked right here. So he was, he was at about 45-degree angle, all right, for all you math majors. So this is the way he walked. Uncle Jim Mitchell was his name, and he walked like this, but he could look up and see you. That's 45 degrees. This would be 90 degrees, okay? But the Bible says she was bowed completely over. Now, I want you to get this picture. Nobody panic. I can do this. <laughs> I don't need any help. I know I'm getting old. I practiced, okay, so I can do this. But she was this way, okay? She was completely bowed over, okay? She was down, just like this. So when she walked, she, she, she was like this everywhere she went, just like that. 18 years. 18 years. That's how she was. Now, I can tell you, after just a few seconds of being bowed over like that, you get dizzy. <laughs> Not because you're old, but because the blood runs to your head. 18 years, she walked around like that. Can you imagine the headache this woman had to have? Can you imagine the back pain she had to have? and the leg cramps and pain she had 18 years, that's how she met everybody. She would be just like this, and she'd walk up, and she'd say, how you doing today, Mark? You know, and, and she'd like this. 18 years she walked around like that. That's a tremendous infirmity, is it not? That's the way she was. So you get the picture. 18 years now, she, had to, she couldn't just quit living. Amen? Because she still, she still had life in her. You know, back in these days, there wasn't a whole lot of help like we have today. So she still had to find a way to make a living. She, you know, there was no such thing during this time as any kind of uh, disability or Social Security or, or any kind of anything like that that could help her. So she had to have somebody, family, friends, or herself had to figure out a way to make a living being over in that situation, 18 years. Now, some of us get up in the morning and our elbow hurts and we're like, I can't work like this. <laughs> Is that right? There ain't no way. And they ain't going to, if they expect me to come into work with my elbow hurting like this, it ain't happening. <laughs> right? But she was bowed completely over and still had to operate. Can you imagine having to go to the Aldi or the Publix or the Walmart or wherever you shop? having to walk in, bowed over like that, and trying to buy groceries? Can you imagine? One, how are you going to reach them beanie weenies? I mean, you're down like this. I mean, how do you even know what aisle you're in? I mean, you think about it. If you're bowed over, let me get up here. If you're bowed over, right, and you, I mean, you can't even, you can't even, I can't even look up to see the aisle, or, or much less, you know, reach up to grab my beanie weenies. I mean, how in the world could she operate? But she must have found a way because it was 18 years that she was like that. Cleaning your house looks a whole lot different, don't it? Had to be difficult for her. Imagine all the people whispering and talking about her and seeing her, right? That she was in that situation for 18 years. The Bible says here that when Jesus saw her, he called her to him 
and said unto her, to her, Woman, thou art loose from thine infirmity. Now what I want to point out to you here is Jesus was in the synagogue teaching the church. Jesus had made the triumphal entry into Jerusalem now. Here he is and he is in Jerusalem teaching at the synagogue. And this woman is there. Can I get an amen? amen. I'm going to say that one more time. Jesus was in the synagogue. He went to the synagogue to teach. Guess who was already there? This woman with, a, with 18 years of infirmity was in the house of God Amen. already. Thank you. Amen? She was already there. In fact, Jesus later on in verse 16 calls her a daughter of Abraham. Which meant not that she was just a, a, a descendant of Abraham, but she was a child of God. Amen. This is Jesus himself that said, this is a daughter of Abraham. She is of my lineage. She is a child of God. I'm going to explain that to you. 18 years bent completely over just like this. It appears Every time the doors open in the house of God, guess who was there? Amen. Amen. 18 years. Bent over. Bent double over with this infirmity. And the Bible tells us in a minute that Satan put this infirmity on her. She was a child of God, which teaches us that children of God can, God can get sick. Children of God can be afflicted with infirmities that Satan places on them. Just as he did Job. You remember the story of Job? Right? When Job began to inflict Job, or I'm sorry, when Satan began to afflict Job with all these boils and all this stuff that was happening to him, Satan placed that on him trying to get him to quit or to give up. Right? To bow him over, to get him to quit, to bend him and break him. And so he goes and does the same thing here. But here she was in the house of God. Amen? If there's ever been a message preached to the church, church meaning me and you, all of us, the person beside you, in front of you, behind you, right? If there's ever been a message, we're not going to be on that message, but it's worth mentioning, God is saying to the church to straighten up. Amen? Amen? Amen. We can't quit. We can't keep staying out of church because we got a hangnail. We can't keep staying out of church because we got this, this, and this happening. 18 years, this woman was like this. And she found a way to get out of her house and walk down cobblestone, dusty roads to get into the house of God. Amen. Why? Because her, hungry to see, her hunger to see the Messiah, to see the promised king that God had talked about, was greater than her hunger for the things of this world. Amen. Right? She didn't allow her infirmities to stop her from her dreams and her destiny and God's plan for her life. So many of us give up so quickly and so easily on God's plan, on God's dream, on God's destiny for your life. Every single one of us in here have a God-called destiny, have a God-called plan that the Bible tells us he has for us in Jeremiah 29, right? He has plans for us, thoughts, right? Things that he wants for you and I. Those are God-called, God-laid, God-delivered, God, it's got to happen because God said so. That is a plan. And you and I have dreams and aspirations. Look, your dreams and your aspirations and my dreams and my aspirations that you and I have about life, guess who they're led by? God. Right? You don't just simply dream of being a doctor. Right? You don't simply dream of that, Parker. You don't just simply dream about that, Abby. You don't just simply dream about being nurses, Noel and Jeannie and, and Christy and all of you that didn't hear they're nurses. You don't just simply start dreaming of that. And you don't just become one of those because your mom and daddy is one of those things, although that probably helps. But guess who's in control of your life? God is. It's not chance or circumstance that you find yourself having a, having a passion or a draw to those particular things, right? You don't just have the desire to become an officer, right, like, like Officer Brown does or, or that Ryan does or Nate does or different ones of these. Those are God callings. That's what God calls us to, right? That's what happens. And you say, I don't know why I'm doing these things. I really just, this is really stressful, but I like doing it. Amen. You ever said that? Amen. 
I mean, I just want to throat punch somebody, but I like it. Is that right? I mean, it's almost like, right, the more punishment you can give me, it's like, yes, come on, you know. <laughs> but it's because there's a calling there, a destiny, a dream, a plan. God has all that for us. This lady right here, because she had an infirmity, did not mean that God didn't have plans for her. Just because she was bowed over in this situation doesn't mean that her plans and dreams stopped. God still had a plan for her. He spoke it into her heart like he spoke it into your heart, like he speaks it into my heart, right? I never dreamed that God would call me to preach and to pastor. I never dreamed of those things, but I did. <laughs> Mark's idea of what I was supposed to do and what God's idea was two different things. But when I look back at my life, I now can see where God was moving me and I found myself in a lot of public servant roles all my life. All my life. And I've always had a hunger and a desire and, and, and something pulling me to go to the house of God. And not just to go be in the house of God, but when I picked the Bible, if I've told some of y'all this, it scared me. Because I'd always hear people say, I read it, but I can't understand it. You ever heard anybody say that? You might have said that too. But I've always, even when I was a ranked sinner, I could pick the Bible up and I could read it and I could understand it. And it scared me. Christy can verify that. I mean, it, it was just very easy for me. And I enjoyed it even when I was living in sin, picking the Bible up and just hold it in my hand. I can't explain to you today what this feels like to hold this in my hand. It's, it's, it's as if you gave me a million dollars and I was holding it. To me, it's just, it just feels, I can't explain it. It just feels right. It just feels like it's something that should be attached to my body. Okay, that, again, that's God's plans. That's God's dreams. That's God's destiny for me. And not for you, but for me. Maybe it is for you, but we all have one. All of us have one. This lady had a destiny. She had, she had dreams. She had thoughts. She had plans that God had given to her. I'm sure all of her life she never thought about the fact that she would be Bowed over for 18 years, I'm sure as she walked around, bowed over, she probably thought, God, how can this be in your plans? If you're in control, how can this be? You ever questioned God and said, well, God, if I'm supposed to trust you and you're in control, why is all this happening to me? You mean this is your plan for me to afflict me, to put me in all this pain and agony? It's your plans for me, God, to be derailed like this, for my family to be going south, for my relationships to be going south, for my job to be going under. This is your, really, God? This is your plans? But I thought your word said that all good and perfect gifts come down from you, God, from the Father above. I thought, God, that you are love and that nothing bad comes from you. So if this is my plan or if this is your plan for my life, I'm confused. Is that right? I'm confused. But see, remember here, this was a daughter of Abraham. She was a child of God. She was, she was saved. She was in the house of God all the time. But she wasn't being afflicted by God. She was being afflicted by Satan. Because right. see, here's the thing that I want you to see this morning. You and I sometimes, a lot of times, don't even recognize the destiny that God has for you. We don't know the plan. Sometimes we can't see them. I mean, God's showing us things. He's putting us in positions. You know, all these things all through our lives, He's doing things for us. So we kind of got an idea, but we're just kind of numb to it, right? We just think it's just life happening, and we're still trying to get to our destiny. I have dreams, right? We have these dreams. We have these destinies. We got these plans. But see, we can't see it, but guess who does? Satan does. See, if Satan can ever get a glimpse of your dream, he's going to do whatever he can to stop you from getting there. Why? Because he knows if you accomplish the plans that God has for you, then you're going to, you're going to carry out the plan of God in your life, which carries out the plan of the Father, amen, which is his plans, and you're going to be telling people about Jesus. You're going to be helping people, right? Not everybody's called to be a preacher, but everybody's called to preach in whatever position you're in, right? God puts people like Parker and like Abby, we talked about them, right? They're going to be beside the bedside of somebody fixing to do surgery on them, fixing to, fix, fixing to give them the medicines that they need to help them with their surgery. And they're going to be able to lean over to them, like I've had a couple of doctors do, and they'll say, now, this is what we're going to do, Brother Damien, or Reverend Damien, or who, Damien, whatever they want to call you. 
and they're going to say, we're going to do this. We're going we're gonna to go in there and cut you open, and we're going to get that kidney stone out of there. But before we go back, I'm going to pray with you. Amen? Amen. I'm going to pray with you. I've had doctors do that. Amen. Sister Heather just had that done. Amen. I'm going to put a plug in with Dr. Russ. Amen. If you ever have Dr. Russ, he's going to pray for you. That's right. An ENT doctor. Amen? Before you go back. Right? God uses us in our situation to help others. The wisdom he gives us is to help others. Okay? So Satan, if he ever gets a glimpse of your dream, he's going to do what he can to stop it. What he did with this lady was, he said, I'm going to bend her over where she cannot accomplish the dreams, the plans, the destiny that God has for her. How can she? If I've got her bent completely over, there's no way she could do what God wants her to do. So he bent her completely over. Jesus clearly says that this infirmity is from Satan. Amen? Clearly, Jesus says this to these guys that were getting mad at him for healing her. Amen? Is that crazy? Verse 16. Ought not this woman, being the daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound, be loosed? So Satan is trying to stop you. Whatever you're going through, whatever sickness, whatever problem you're going in, going through right now, don't blame God. Amen? Blame yourself. And if we've the one, you know, sometimes we reap what we sow. But if you haven't done anything to cause this, guess who's doing it? Amen. Satan is. Sister Jeannie says he's the hinderer. That's what he does. He, he hinders your timing and God's timing so it don't happen. Okay? And so what we do is, is when that happens to us, as soon as she was bound over, the very first time I'm sure went through her mind, all her dreams... All her aspirations, all her plans, all God's plans, right? Her destiny began to fall straight to the ground. You ever just felt like giving up? And you thought, what's the point in going any further? There's, my life is over. I don't have, God must not have plans for me or I've missed it. So we just let our dreams and our destinies and our plans, God's plans, fall to the ground, right? For instance, God may have a plan for somebody here to be a small group leader. But because Satan's got us bound, it just falls to the ground. Some people in here may have, God may have plans, like we said, to be doctors. But because we're bowed over, bound, it just, our dreams do what? Worship leader, right? They just fall to the ground. Teacher, whether it be in, whether it be in secular education or in God's education. Some people here may have a destiny to be in the armed first forces. May God, God may want them to become a lieutenant colonel. Because he knows that somebody needs a Christian leader to lead them through a battle that's going to take place. Is that right? We need some Christian people on the battlefield. Not just spiritually speaking. When these young men and women are out there giving their lives that mean you can be free, somebody needs to be out there with them, letting them know it's going to be okay. God's here. Amen? Amen. So maybe a lieutenant colonel. Some people here, God's plan may be for you to be a U.S. senator. Right? House of Representatives. President. Right? It may be, God may be raising you up to be that, right? May, may have some kids here that's going to be the president of the United States. One of these beautiful children right here. One day may become the president of the United States. Christian people need to lead this country. Amen? Amen. So it may be a plan that God has for us. But when Satan bows us over, they just fall to the ground. Nursery assistant, youth director, scientist that's responsible for the cure of cancer. Amen? Plans. God has plans. Is that right? pastor or evangelist right but how can I be a pastor if I'm bowed over like this who's going to come listen to me I can't even see them I can't even look them eye to eye when I shake their hand how is it possible to even baptize somebody when I can't I'm bowed over I'm gonna drown is that right because y'all know how we are we're gonna dunk you we don't believe in sprinkling (laughs) how you gonna do it in there right how's that possible how can it be so that's not going to happen. A writer who has the substance to write something that will forever change the course of this world. A book, right? But see, when all this stuff hits us, these, these things, when Satan comes against us and he binds us and he, and he causes this infirmity or the afflictions to hit us, we lose sight of our dreams. Marriage counselor, right? Addiction counselor. Nurse, right? Whatever it is, you and I have greatness in us. Every single one of us have greatness inside of us. 
greatness that was given by the author of greatness who is the greatest of all time, which is Christ. Right? Plans that he has for us. Greatness was given to us to ensure that you and I achieve the plan that God has sent for us and set aside for us to accomplish. Is that right? God gave that to us. These things that are on the floor, these dreams that are here, these aspirations, this destiny, all these things that people just step on and walk on and Satan just seemingly is stepping on it and rubbing it in our face. Is that right? You're never going to accomplish being a lieutenant colonel in the armed forces. I've got you so bound that you can't even see the destiny that God has for you. But I can, and I'm going to make sure I keep you so bent over that you can't even look up to see your Savior. Is that right? But did it deter her from going to the house of God? She couldn't look the priest in the eyes. If the Son of God walked up to her, stuck his hand out to shake her hand and say, I'm Jesus, she could never see him stick his hand out. She could never do those things. Why go to church? I can't even straighten up the worshiping. I mean, the worship team saying, y'all stand up and raise your hands and worship God. <laughs> She's like, I am standing. <laughs> right? She couldn't do it. So what's the point in going? Here's what I want you to see today. Just because Satan has you and I bound, just because he bows us over, just because he holds us tight in his grip and he's trying his best to get you, from get, to, get you to, to stop going toward God's plan for you, does not mean it stops God's plan. See, God could, God's plan made to make you the best shoe tire ever in the world. And if he's got you bent over, guess what? There ain't nobody going to be better than you at tying shoes. Shoe shiner. Come on now. You know what I'm saying? You might be just, his whole destiny for you is that you be a shoe shine person. And while you're shining somebody's shoes, you tell them about Jesus. Amen. Just like I'm shining your shoes, God can shine up your life. Amen. Amen. See what I'm saying? It doesn't matter. The thing is, is keep being what God's called you to be. He called you to be a worshiper of him. He called you to have a, have a desire to serve him and to love him. And he said this, trust me, right? Trust me with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways, he said, acknowledge me. Amen. Keep worshiping me. Keep coming. This woman kept coming no matter what Satan threw at her. It seemed like the more he threw at her, the stronger her desire to serve God and to seek Jesus. Now watch now. What I want you to see is Satan's not real smart. I've told you all that. We always give him so much credit as if he's some intelligent being. He ain't more intelligent than me and you because you and I were made in God's image. Amen. We're made in God's image. And no matter what Satan throws at us, Jesus said, you are overcomers. Why? Because he overcame. So no matter what your situation, keep moving forward because God's got a plan. And when Satan throws your plans on the ground and says, I look at them now. What is, it? What, is it? what is your plan now? It's on the ground. It means nothing. People are stepping all over it. I'm going to bow you over where you can't get to those dreams. I want you to watch what happened. So here she is bowed over and she's walking along. And guess what she can now do? She can pick up those dreams that Satan meant for her not to be able to get to. Amen. So here she is. She can't do a whole lot, but she's reminded everywhere she goes that God has a plan. They're right. I can't look up to see Jesus, but oh my God, I can look down and see his plans he's given for me. Amen. I can see these things. You with me? It does not change God's plan. All it does, Brother Ron, is simply just illuminate the fact that he's still got plans. Right? Satan may throw them to the ground, but I'll put you down there where you can be reminded. Amen? While he's got you down there, I'm going to give you an opportunity to read it again. Right? I told you when you were nine, and now you can't see me, but I can still see you, so I'm going to put it down there and write it for you. I still have plans for you, says the Lord. Amen? Still got plans. Doesn't matter. Hasn't changed anything. My plans for you are still my plans. Amen? You with me? It doesn't change anything. Here she was, walking around. Seemingly, life was over. But she kept looking for the promise. See, she was told as a Jewish person that the Messiah was going to come. And he was going to deliver the children of Israel. 
right? He was coming. So if you know, if you've been told that God is coming, where are you going to go? You're going to go where God goes. Is that right? So every single day, with her dreams on the ground, plans all over the place, she still believes God has a plan. And this Jesus is the deliverer. He's the one that can rectify this situation, right? So 18 years, she found a way to walk herself up somehow, somewhere, in some synagogue, in some church. She found a way to walk herself up there every single time, right? I can just see her as she walked in the church, right? She's back here somewhere, and she's coming in, and people are on both sides, right? And everybody's doing their thing, and here she comes, right? She's, she just kind of, she's trying her best to get up there, right? And she comes up to the front every single time, and what does she do? She comes up to the high priest, and she asks, is the Messiah here? No, he's not here yet, and then she walks out. Every time she keeps coming, is the Messiah here? Has he come? Has the promise come yet? No, not yet, but she keeps coming back. She keeps coming back. She keeps coming back. Listen to me very closely. If you're here today and you are afflicted by some physical ailment, you are afflicted by some, some, some emotional element, or you are afflicted by some spiritual element, don't you quit on God. Because he promised a deliverer. He promised that Jesus would be there to help you and I, and he would deliver us from the enemy. The enemy is not the Russian army. The enemy is not the Italian army. The, the enemy is not our president. The enemy is not your boss. The enemy is not whatever we think of. The enemy that Jesus came to deliver us from was Satan. Right. He came to deliver you and I from sin. Sin is what causes sickness. Sin is what causes death. Sin is what causes all the problems. And they're orchestrated and illustrated by Satan. So that's where it comes from. But God promised a deliverer. But this particular day, she walked in like all other days. She came walking in, in her mind thinking, is this the day? Might not be, but this may be the day. And I'm going to walk in, and I'm going to see if he's here. And when she walked in that day, she didn't ask the high priest that was over the tabernacle at the time. She walked into the high priest, which is Jesus. She walked in and ran right into him. And Jesus, he didn't ask her her story. Right? Remember, I read it to you. Nowhere in it is Jesus say, hey, lady, why are you here? Can I help you? What are you here for? Jesus already knew why she was there. One of the reasons he was there that day was for her. Amen? If you're here today, guess what? Jesus is here for you. He's here for you. If you're here, how do I know that? How do I know? I know people say, well, pastor, how do you know that Jesus is waiting on me today? How do you know he's here just for me? Because you're here. I'm going to say it again. Because you're here. If you're here, then he's here because you're here. Right? He's here. And he looks at you and I and he sees daughters and sons of Abraham who are bent over from the afflictions of Satan and they're not able to accomplish the plans God has for them. So he just walked in here this, this day just like he did that day and he's just here saying, hey, I know the plans I have for you, saith who? Me. Right? Saith the Lord, he said. I'm here. I see your plans. I see God's plans all over the ground here. Yep, those are. You can see Jesus reading them now. Yep, yep, that's for that one. Yep, that's for that one. And this little lady coming right here, that's, yep, that's the plans God has for you. I'm here. So she walks up as the story goes on. We find her walking up in the tabernacle or into the temple as always. And Jesus calls her. Could you imagine to her surprise? I don't think anybody's ever called her before. <laughs> think about it every time she's ever come in most people probably say here comes that woman again here she comes that old bent over woman everybody's going to see her and we're going to be so embarrassed here she comes sure hope her dress is long enough <laughs> right she's going to be shining people you now we worry about stuff in church look at her just she don't care nothing about God it's just dressed so scantily like that woman couldn't even hardly get clothes on why we worried about all that right embarrassed Ashamed of her, right? Here she comes in, walks up. The priest is probably thinking, yeah, same old story. No, the Messiah hadn't come yet, right? And she walks in, and this particular day she walks up, and Jesus is there. And he just simply says to her, calls her by name, and then he says, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. 
and he lays his hand on her, and the Bible says immediately she was made straight. And what did she do as soon as she was made straight? Amen? Why would she glorify God as soon as she was made straight? Because she was looking for God. Amen? She believed in God. She trusted in God. And she knew that there was a promise. And so she looked for it every day. She didn't look at her infirmity. She looked for her deliverance. Come on now. What did the Bible say? We got to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. It means to treat, retrain our mind. If all we're doing is looking at our infirmities every day, we're never going to see the promise. If all you do is look at your problems, you'll never see Jesus. Right? You'll never see him. You'll never see Jesus. If all I see is I'm bent over double and I can't see nothing but that, I can't see Pastor Keith right now. Well, this is in front of me. I can't see him. All I'm looking at is my infirmity. And if that's all we're doing is looking at our infirmities, you're never going to see him. You're never going to get there. Right? If we keep wallowing in that stuff and that's all we do and we never pick ourselves up and we never press forward and we never go anyway, how can we expect to see Jesus? It's all about our perspective. It's all about, about retraining our minds. Look and claim the deliverance, not the persecution. Amen? Not the persecution. Is that right? As I look around this morning, I can see two people. There's a bunch of people. I can see two, right, who have had some pretty major medical issues recently. I see Sister Jeannie Powell sitting here today, and she, she's in a, in a medical battle. I mean, this lady loves the Lord and couldn't even get here for being doubled over in so much pain. But here she sits. Brother Ron Gunner's right here. And just a week ago... He couldn't, even, he couldn't even remember where he was, remember his name. He was having some physical issues. Weak, couldn't hardly get up and walk. You remember that, Brother Ron? Here he is today, a week later. Amen. In the emergency room that same day. Right? Still don't feel 100%, neither one of them. I know they don't. But you know what? They're here. Amen. Why? Because God has plans for them. Amen. They trust in the Lord with all their heart, with all their might, with all their soul, with everything that's within them. And God is going to deliver. Amen. He's already delivering. Amen. Amen. God's plan don't change just because our physical appearance changes. It don't change because our situation changes. God is God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he spoke it and said, you're going to be a nurse, come hell or high water, you're going to be a nurse. Amen. Unless you stop it. Amen. We, can, we have the power within us to stop God's plans. He gives us the ability to. But if we'll trust him and just follow him, Satan is not powerful enough to stop God's plan. You may, be, you may be 70 years old when you get your degree to be a nurse, but by grannies, you're going to be a nurse. Amen? Because God said so. And if he said it, it has to come to pass. Because if it don't, then he's lying. And the Bible says he cannot tell a lie. And if he told a lie, then we just don't even need to be here today. Is that right? He has plans for you and I. He's going to bow you over. He's going to do whatever he can to stop you. But you got to keep going. And I got to keep going. And trust in God. Jesus will deliver you. He'll meet you right where you are. Right? So he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with an indignation because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day. And said unto the people, There are six days in which men ought to work. In them, therefore, come and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. <laughs> right? So man will get in the way of God's plans just as much Satan will. Is that right? Where Satan don't stop you, we do a pretty good job as men and women of stepping in going, I got it, Satan. <laughs> right? Uh, on this day that you can't be there, I'll step in for you. I'll tell them. Right? You imagine that lady coming down through the, I done told you. Over and over, woman, quit coming down here and asking, Jesus, he ain't here yet. Is that right? And then they told Jesus, you can't be healing people on the Sabbath day, on the day of the Lord. Right? You can't be giving somebody rest on the day of rest. Is that not ignorant? Think about that. As people, sometimes we say some pretty stupid things, do we not? Jesus, or God said about the Sabbath day, on the seventh day, rest. Is that right? 
Well, how much rest do you think she's getting in that situation? None. Right? None. She's tormented every day, day in and day out. I mean, I don't even know how you lay down like that. How can you get comfortable? So she don't have no rest. And look, if you're here today and you're going through something tormenting, you know what I'm talking about. There ain't no rest in your mind. You don't really lay down at night and get full rest because your mind is going and your body's flipping and turning, right? You wake up just as tired as you were when you laid down. Why? Because you're in a burden. There's no rest there. That's right. <laughs> so this priest looks over. Jesus said, look, I got a problem with healing somebody and giving them rest, but don't do it on the day of rest. Now, Jesus went on to say, you have heard it said that we are to keep the Sabbath day holy and do no work, do nothing on the Sabbath day. But Jesus said, I'm telling you, every day Amen. is the Sabbath day. Amen. Amen. Every day. Right. So every day is a day of rest. Every day is the day of the Lord. So there's always time to do God's work. Amen. Is that right? And he just said, I've come to give you rest. But they said, don't do that. <laughs> rest. People will tell you that same thing. If you just quit trying so hard to find Jesus... You'll find him. Now, that's one of the dumbest things the church has ever said. You ever anybody say that? If you just quit, quit trying so hard to find Jesus, you'll find him. If you'll quit trying so hard to get Jesus, his attention, you'll get his attention. Well, that's backwards from what the Bible says, is it not? Amen. The Bible says, pray without ceasing. Seek me while I may be found. Is that right? He tells us to come after him, chase after him. It doesn't say quit. Amen. But that's what we'll say as a church. What we're really saying is you're annoying me and I don't have time for you. Anybody got time for that? Is that right? I don't have time for this stuff. I get tired of telling you over and over. We don't know what to do with people like that. So what we do is dismiss them. Is that right? We just dismiss them rather than trying to help them find Jesus. Church has been guilty of dismissing ourselves from people's problems because we don't know what to do. Well, you don't have to know anything to do but lead them to Jesus. Right. Is that right? That's all you got to do. Lead them to Jesus. Now, I want to give you a passage of Scripture here that should inspire you. It's found in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18. I love this passage of Scripture here. I love it because of the last part of this Scripture. See... If God has plans for you and I, if he has plans, and he does, if you're breathing and you're alive, he's got plans for you. He didn't just put you here. He's got plans for you. Amen. And if God's got plans for you, there is no amount of infliction that any man or woman can place on you that will stop you from your destiny. There is no amount of pressure, no amount of infirmity, no amount of burden that Satan can put on you and I that you can't get to your destiny. None. And this passage clearly states to you and I that promise from God. When he looked at Peter, and Peter, he said to Peter, he said, Peter, who do you say that I am? After he had asked him who everybody else says. He said, the first question was, who do, you, who do they say I am? And they said, well, some people say that you're Elijah. Some people say that you are Jeremiah. Some people say you're this, this, and this, meaning you're a good prophet, a good teacher of the word. God said, or Jesus said, well, I get it. But what do you say? Who do you say I am, Peter? And Peter looks back at him and he said, you are the Christ, right? You are the Son of God. Christ means that he is the Messiah. He is the, the promised Son of God. He said, that's who you are. You are the Savior of the world. And Jesus said, yes, sir, and you're Peter. And what that shows is a relationship I know you, Jesus. And Jesus said, yep. And Peter, I know you. And when you have a relationship with Jesus, meaning you are saved, you have recognized him as Savior, he recognizes you as his creation, and you both agree on that, and you now become one, that's what this is talking about. Uh, yeah, that's right, Peter, and you're Peter. And he said, upon that rock, upon that foundation, the foundation that I have a relationship with you, he said, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Amen? Amen? It will not prevail against it. You see what I'm saying? So I want to say again, 
Just because you're afflicted does not mean God's plans are, not, are changed for your life. It just simply means you've got to keep seeking Jesus until you get deliverance from that thing that you can be loosed and grab hold of your destiny. Amen? In fact, I would tell you grab hold of your destiny as best you can until Jesus does deliver you from it. doesn't mean you can't still grab and reach for it. Just as she was doing, right, walking around. said, boy, look at all these dreams down here. There's mine, right? She just kept picking them up, kept picking them up. And then Jesus touched her one day and said, realize your plan. Amen. Realize your destiny. And he set her free, and she immediately worshiped God. Immediately. Amen. See, I don't really know what her plan that God had for her was. But I can just about say what I, I think what I, I think I know what it might be. God's plan for her life was just like Simeon. Do you remember a man named Simeon? He was given a promise by God that he would never die until he saw the Messiah, the promised king. And he was in the synagogue. He was a, a ruler of the synagogue. And one particular day, a man and a woman named Joseph and Mary walked in with a little baby boy. Walked in there and said, I need to see Simeon. Right? Maybe they, I don't know if they even realized why they were there. Other than the fact that they were supposed to be there for the circumcision, as the Bible taught them at that time. Here they were walking in, right, to carry out what God had laid on their heart, but they were actually part of the plan. They were to help bring to pass the plan that God had for Simeon. The whole plan for Simeon was to hold the promise of God in his hands. And he said, when he looked at him, he said, you will not see death until your eyes look upon his eyes. Maybe the plan for this lady was that she would see the promised Messiah in his fullness, standing in the temple, preaching the gospel. Huh? Maybe. It appears to be that way. But as soon as she looked up, she praised God. Praised God. I think she praised him because she was no longer bowed, but I think she praised him more because she saw the king. Amen? Amen. She saw the king, the promise. You got to keep walking. You got to keep going in spite of all these things in order to accomplish what God has for you. It's important that you never give up on your plans, your dreams, the destiny that God has for you. I want to tell you this in Philippians 1 and 6. The Bible says, it's one of my favorite passages in the scripture. You hear me say that all the time. This is one of them if you're writing them down. Philippians 1 and 6. This is a promise that God gave us through the writer Paul to the church at Philippi. This is what he said. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you has put plans in your life. You will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. He will complete it until the day that Jesus returns. In other words, another translation says, it will be accomplished at the day that Jesus returns. Be confident in this one thing. Whatever the plans that he has for your life, he will bring it to pass. As long as we don't get in the way. He'll bring it to pass. We got to quit focusing on our infirmity. We got to quit focusing on these things that are hindering us and start looking at the God who made us. Right? Because our God is bigger than our infirmities. Our God is bigger than our persecution. Our God is bigger than Satan because God created him. He was an angel that God created to worship him. And he chose to make a bad decision. And he was punished for it. But God made him. And God's still in control. And he still has to answer to your God and to my God. It's evident in the book of Job. Right? The Bible says that the day came where the sons of God had to stand before him and give an account for what they were doing. Sons of God translated into Hebrew meant angels. The angels had to go before him and give an account of what they had been doing. Good angels and bad angels. All angels. Did it stop in the book of Job? No. Even to this day, God requires the angels to give an account of what they're doing. Even to this day. 
because it says so in the book of Job, and God does not change. So if he required it then, he requires it now. Is that right? So God's in control, and when it's time for his plan to be unleashed in your life, Satan's got to go. Amen? He's got to go. He may be hindering you now, but when God says enough is enough, it's enough. Amen? So instead of us looking at our infirmity, start looking for God to say, that's enough. Right? And start looking for the plan. And walk with all of your heart toward the plan, even though you may not be able to physically, emotionally, or spiritually achieve it at this moment. It does not change the fact that you should be pressing towards it. Right? I'm going to leave you with this. Paul said it this way. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I press toward the mark. Toward what mark? Toward the plan. I press toward that, which is the prize through Jesus Christ. You got to keep pressing until you achieve the goal and the prize and the plan. We got to straighten up, church. <laughs> Amen. We got to straighten up. We got to get a hold of our lives and realize who's in control. Satan's not in control. God is. God is. He'll bring it to pass. Just don't quit. Keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on. You've heard me say this before, and I'm going to pray with you. There is no plan B with God. There's no plan B. I've heard ministers and teachers say that God created two roads. He created this road that leads to him, the good road, and he created the bad road, which leads to devastation. That's not right. God only created one road, and that plan is salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. And he set us on that course when we were born. And it's up to us whether we choose to continue on that plan or not. See, the second plan or the second road happens when we get off God's road and we start cutting our own path. That's why it's so hard. You've heard me say it's why it's so hard because you've got to cut down them trees and cut down them weeds and build bridges over those, over those gullies and you've got to be able to do all them things, right, because he didn't put a road there for you. So if you're going to walk down that road, you've got to cut that path yourself. You've got to pave that road yourself. You've got to do all those things. That's why it's so hard. He only has one road. He don't create bad things, good things. This is one road. The plan of God through his son Jesus Christ is plan A. And that's why he said, I know the plans I've got for you. It starts on this road right here. Walk on this road, accept my son Jesus Christ, and then live in the glory of that and accomplish what I have for you. Amen? That's it. So let's pray here today.